We ain't going nowhere. Boom, 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 boom. We ain't going nowhere. Hey, we can't be stopped now. Cause it's BP for life. Wait, BBP for life. Oh, what's going on, everybody? I am your V podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. This is episode 17, and we welcome you on this epic journey as we um, climb through a couple of technical difficulties. But hey, we are here, we are doing it. And of course, shout out to our returning BOMAT members, whether you are in the live chat, comic section for our YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook pages, or if you're listening directly from streaming services, wherever you get your BBP podcast from, we greatly appreciate you. And we really do. I mean, I really do mean it. We do appreciate you. Uh, so, of course, you know, we are going to discuss our winter 2022 anime for discussion on our Saturday slate. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on over to my office and we can get this conversation started. How does that sound? Hey, all right, let's do this dang thing like uh, like now. All right, let's go ahead and get this thing started. So we have our... Winter 2022 animes for discussion on our Saturday slate, and that is Requiem of the Rose King, The Strongest Sage with the Weakest Crest, Orient, The Case Study of Anites, Arefureta from Commonplace to World's Strongest, and then we, of course, we had our The Orbital Children, which we have put the bed for season one. A couple weeks ago now, so we are rocking and rolling. Of course, we have um, our three key factors. If you're new here and watching for the first time, we review anime based on three factors. So that's animation, pretty much how fluid the scenes look, how well the, is drawn, all those good things. You have your story progression, which is the pace, like how the story moves from the beginning to the end of each episode. And then lastly, dialogue, which is all the greatness when it comes down to the script and the, the language and how it's translated from the voice actors and what have you. Uh, and then we have our rating ceiling, which you'll see at the top, we rank uh, these uh, anime episodes from one through seven, one being the worst, two being terrible, three is not good, for the middle, five, good, six is great, and seven is the best. Okay, now that we got our bases clear when it comes down to our rating and our criteria, let's go ahead and get into our first anime for discussion, and that is going to be, boom, Requiem of the Rose King. Now, of course, uh, you know, I was uh, out sick you know, last week. And so we're pretty much having double everything. We did the same thing this past Wednesday and we'll be doing that for today's show as well. So every uh, anime will have two episodes that we'll review and this will go by pretty quickly. We don't have any character analysis for today, uh, but we will definitely have that next week in our Wednesday showcase. So uh, let's go ahead and start on. So episode 10, for Requiem of the Rose King, it was called My Name is Richard Plantagenet. And in this episode, you had Richard who was faced with some very adverse situations. You know, he was on the battlefield trying to fight for the York family and put his oldest brother 
back in position of where he could become king. But in order to do that, he had to fight against the Lancasters and pretty much, you know, seize their king once for all and, you know, uh, go against Warwick, who used to be a part of the York family, but traded and decided, hey, I'm going to take matters into my own hand. I'm the kingmaker. And with that being said, like, I feel that uh, the Yorks have, you know, pretty much, um, you know, uh, not salvaged, but uh, smutted the the good name of what a king should really be. And I don't think that they should, the Yorks family should have this power because they, you know, pretty much, um, you know, made a mockery of it. And so now I'm going to place the Lancaster family and make sure that they maintain the throne and, and be the, the kings. And so you have Richard who is going back on a battlefield and he feels like the best way for me to be able to end all of this is to take out the king, uh, king of England, who is King Henry. And once I have, you know, his blood on my hands, then I can be able to go to the person that I love and have kind of a happy ending. Well, the adversity that Richard ends up facing is he realizes soon thereafter that it's not, it's not as clean as he thought it would be. He's going to go through a little bit more things as possible, but um, that's kind of what this episode was about was, uh, you have, you know, when you're faced with adversity, you have to take matters into your own hands. And sometimes that may call for doing the unthinkable, you know, something that you never saw yourself in position, um, you know, go having to do, you know, and for a lot of people that may be tough to make those that they make that decision of, you know, that could uh, divide families that could um, you know, sever relationships, friendships, and stuff like that. And <clears throat> what's interesting is, you know, these are things uh, that a lot of us deal with every day. You know, I should say every day, but challenges that we face in our own lives. And I think the way that they capture these moments, even though it has this kind of historic prevalence behind it, when you think about uh, the night-ish times with, uh, England and France and what have you, um, they do a really good job of kind of capturing that that feeling, that that moment or whatnot. And so with the animation, I had to say that it was good. I mean, nothing to really write home about. A lot of safe content, I would say, in the animation. The story progression was good. The dialogue was great. Oh my goodness. Like I was so kind of captivated by what was going on and what was happening. And I couldn't wait to kind of see the next episode going forward. So overall, I felt that episode 10 was a good episode. Oh, excuse me. Then we get to episode 11, which is called that is my punishment. And, you know, as the title kind of says, you kind of think like, Oh, okay. Maybe somebody's about to get, you know, a, a something bad is going to happen and that's going to be kind of their punishment. And that's a little bit of, what happened more so in, I mean, really everybody had kind of a hand in what this quote unquote punishment could be. Uh, but Richard definitely felt like, felt like the brunt of this the most um, as he was approaching on the battlefield and trying to go slaying King Henry, 
he realizes in this episode that oh snap like this is henry like the like the person that i met in the forest and they have you know someone that i really care about about their they're my light there's someone that i want to spend the rest of my life with and you're telling me that this is like the 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 the, the king of england the person that i set out to you know murder essentially you know on a battlefield and it just put Richard in such a distraught state and he couldn't do it. Like he couldn't drive his sword through Henry because that's how much love that he has for himself. So he feels like now, you know, I've kind of um, dishonored my father because, you know, the, the, the dreams that I'm having of my father saying, take the crown back for me. Like that's, that's what you owe your family. Uh, you know, he's kind of plagued with these things. So now you have Richard who says, I'm, you know, I'm going to go into this drunken state and because I don't want to have to deal with reality anymore. And man, it's just so messed up because when you think about it, it's like, dang, like, that's, I mean, it's really, really heavy, like super, super heavy. And yeah, I mean, that. so um, one a statement that happened in this episode that I felt was like crazy uh, once Richard kind of came to and he had this kind of discussion with himself of like, you know what, my if my punishment is this, then that means that I'm going to have to take it out on the battlefield. And if that means that I'm going to have to just continue fighting the rest of my life in the name of my family to kind of make amends, then that's what I'm going to do. And on his way to kind of go fight the... um the Lannisters to kind of, you know, seize the moment and put his brother back in position uh, of power, he ends up meeting Prince Edward, who is, you know, of the Lancaster family. And, um, <laughs> you know, basically Edward didn't want to kill him, you know, but Richard and Richard in a way didn't really necessarily want to kill him. But the conversation was like, Hey, like, because you're from this family, I'll lay you out right here, right there. And a moment happened where Prince Edward broke uh, Richard's sword. His sword fell on the ground and he had the moment where he could have killed Richard right then and there. But instead he confesses his love to Richard and says, Hey, like, you know, the reason why I can't, you know, fight you is because I'm in love with you. And Richard is kind of, taken back a little bit but in but knowing like the glory of him or what his goal is he says you know what he knocks prince edward down and says lie there in shame and then take gets on the horse and takes off and goes back to the battlefield and i'm just like oh my goodness like that that hurt that me hearing that it hurt my heart just imagine like someone that is like trying to move into a position of power and you're helpless. You can't do anything. And they tell you lay there in shame, like your, your, your manliness, your, whatever it is, your, 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 uh, I shouldn't say manliness, but rather um, your pride, I would say like, you know, having to swallow that and know that if your if your family loses this battle and you could have been the tipping force for that, it's all your fault, you know? And that's kind of the weight and the gravity that Prince Edward had to deal with in this situation. So it was like, man, this, 
these were some like just severe deep episodes but um episode 11 animation was great i mean the transitions that were happening in these scenes to tell the story were very fluid and, and really good uh story progression was great i mean man like how they moved from this episode to uh, or from 10 to 11 uh was it was a nice little switch up you know you got to kind of feel more involved with the story and see it kind of move uh, in a certain direction um uh, and then dialogue was great oh my like the uh, margaret queen margaret her uh role in kind of talking about and trying to save her son but also being put in a position where they capture her son and now and now like her son is pretty much at the mercy of being put to death and instead margaret is kind of fending for herself and saying like hey like no don't don't do anything to my son he's still a kid you know if you're going to do something to anybody you know kill me like take take my life and in order to kind of like stamp that she went over the top and just started like spouting out oh yeah like i'm the one that killed y'all you know the the york's their york children's father and you know i listened to him cry and beg and all this other stuff and just saying all these just cruel things to get underneath the skin of the york brothers so that would be richard and 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 uh prince george and um soon to be king edward and you know, it really, it did ruffle their feathers, but King uh, Edward was like, no, death would be too good for her. Like, you know, she's going to sit here and, you know, live with the sins and things that she's done and have to live in this despair. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, man, it's crazy. But, um, but yeah, like overall, like it was a great episode in conclusion. Um, next week is the final episode that we'll be covering for uh, Requiem of the Rose King. You know, it is anime is slated to continue until I want to say like maybe June, July ish time frame. Uh, but we're only we're, we're kind of on the schedule. We're only going to cover 12 episodes um, a season and kind of keep it like that. That we might make some exceptions for some that may run over just a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, this is we're going to be closing the books on this anime uh, next week and we'll wrap up with um, our anime score for this as well okay moving on to our next anime and that is <clears throat> the strongest sage with the weakest crest episode 11 titled the strongest sage faces a powerful enemy Ooh, now uh, of course, you know, he's been on a prowl looking for this powerful enemy for quite some episodes. And each episode was kind of a lead to this powerful enemy, which we come to learn that it's a demon. And, uh, you know, this demon is very strong, you know, seems to be a demon that uh, Mateus is very aware of for a long time and has information on him and, and was the one that kind of sealed him, it seems. Um, and so now they're making preparations to uh, fight, you know, find him and then eventually fight him. And they end up in this area that Matt, Mateus pretty much 
created and they're trying to find they they're using all the resources that they had to kind of track down this powerful enemy and eventually they do that but in the midst of that they find some older artifacts that <laughs> maddie pretty much goes on a record and say oh like I, I was the one that created that in his in his head he's saying that i created these things in my past life uh, before i reincarnated myself into like this young brimming kid and I don't, it's just, it's so weird. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like just seeing like this OP character that has all this information and because they reincarnated, it's almost like they're telling, they're, they're anticipating and telling us the viewer what he's going to do moments before he does it. And I mean, it just feels so strong and overpowering that it's almost not very entertaining in a way like it kind of becomes cheesy in some instances um but you know overall i'll say the animation was good the story progression was good and dialogue was good and then going moving on to episode 12 which was titled the strongest stage goes on a journey again which is the final episode and it means that we're we're, we're closing out this anime as a whole um it, they actually had to fight with this strong demon. And I mean, just what you thought would happen. Yes. You know, they find a way to uh, defeat the demon. And, uh, but it turns out that there's information that comes from this strong demon. Like, like Hey, like you think that you've defeated us, but you're still going to have to deal with more demons, just as strong, if not stronger than me. And so it kind of puts, you know, information out there that, hey, like this is this opens up the door for a season two of The Strongest Sage with the Weakest Crest. And, you know, the animation was good. I mean, I would say that there was a lot more uh, supernatural things that happened as far as like powers and electricity and all this other stuff. And it, it looked cool, but it was it wasn't like nothing to run home to and say that, Oh, this was just great animation. It was very subtle and, and not a lot going on. So I still feel like it was just good animation. Uh, story progression was good and dialogue was good. So uh, overall it was a good, you know, good episode, just a chill. It was a chill conclusion for our last episode that could potentially open up the door for season two. And so, um, just a kind of a precursor to what I'm thinking as far as like scoring this anime. Uh, and, you know, of course I didn't give anything away previously when I talked about Requiem of the Rose King. Uh, but at least for this anime, I, it's extremely safe an extremely safe anime. And it's, it's, that's really the best thing that I can say for now, but I'll delve a little bit deeper when we cover it as a whole and kind of give our final grade for it. But, Okay, so that is that anime. Let's move on to our next anime title, which is Orient, episode 11 called What's in a Katana? And yeah, I mean, it was very right there in your face, you know, with these specific swords that Bushi used, they have this energy that uh, they pretty much absorbed from the Onis that they defeat. And it's almost like a power-up. You know, they they defeat the Oni uh, by slicing off the this horn, this really strong horn. And then 
the Oni crystallizes and that crystallization that happens, they're able to absorb that energy. And that's kind of like their power of feature and how they get much stronger. You know, the Bushi, how the Bushi gets stronger. And, and I say like the best way to think about Bushi is think about samurai that's whole purpose is to fight demons. <laughs> that's so crazy because we just we we literally I just described Demon Slayer in a way. <laughs> Yo, that is so wrong, man. I, I can't do that because to me, to me, that's kind of disrespectful to Demon Slayer in a way. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, that's kind that's pretty much what it is. And so in this episode, uh, they were talking about the elements of the, their weapons. And uh, the the biggest precursor I'll say for this episode is you have Musashi who, you know, decides, hey, you know what I want to do after we've uh, I've saved us from this um, these this bandits where this is like Shido. Shido is this uh, black, I guess, obsidian user. He doesn't have an aura to himself as far as this this, uh, katana energy. You know, it's pretty foreign power that he has. And so they he fought him off, fended him off with the obsidian goddess on his side. And now Musashi says, because I have this kind of newfound uh, uh, resolve that I'm going to try to take this katana test again in uh in a it, to pretty much sum that up is like they have the bushi they have to they get unique weapons and each weapon when they grab they have this test and when they're holding the weapon in their hand um the weapon essentially chooses their master or th- who they want to bond with and if they pass the test based on their soul i guess could be probably like the better quote unquote word to use their soul um, if they pass a test, then they get um, a certain uh, a c- certain aura that comes around them, and that will kind of test on, or that aura that's around them, whether it be blue, you know, red, white, um, green. I want to say there's a couple of different other colors, but they all represent something a little bit different. And so Masashi has this newfound resolve, takes the test, and th- before he didn't passed the test at all but now he passes it and he gets a red aura which supposedly is a really powerful um aura and um very rare as well and so yeah you know we got musashi that has a new power and and i feel like that adds a little bit of background to him because now we know that he has this spe- like a really special unique power embodied in himself but he also has um you know this red aura and so i'm kind of thinking in the future there's a potential chance that both of these powers can combine or maybe blend i don't know with that that that's a bit huge question mark that i'm interested to see but uh the animation was great uh man there were some really cool fighting scenes and uh use of the you know of supernatural powers and it was just so cool it was like whip like uh motions that were happening that like destroyed 
mountains and mountains away. It was kind of like that Dragon Ball effect where somebody gets hit into a a mountain and they plunge through like three other mountains after that. It was kind of something like that. But I always think that those type of animations are really cool, you know, despite if it could be a little bit corny if it once is it's overused in a way. Um, story progression, good dialogue good so i mean overall it was a good episode and then we get to episode 12 which is titled where this road leads which is the final episode for orient in season one and uh, they run into a new character who they pretty much save which I, to me i'm gonna be honest it makes they save this girl who has a, a, a bushy weapon as a part of a bushy band and she gets devoured by this Oni. Um, <laughs> but it turns out, it, it seems like it turns out that she's powerful herself. And so it's kind of like, okay, y'all put her in this state where she's weak or whatnot. And then all of a sudden she's badass and has this like really cool power and knows how in, in use of her sword. I, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it, but maybe it's not meant for me to get. And I, I said this in the beginning when it comes to Orient is this is one of those animes where it has the, the like more of a classic feel to it. And what I mean by that is in the past, you know, if you probably went back, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago uh, in anime, um, their their approach to the story was really like, you know, people don't really care about story development that much. Just give them a bunch of cool action and they'll be happy. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel with with Orient is they 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 have some elements in that. And man, I was it was hard to watch this anime in the beginning, but they finally kind of got on the right path of telling a cohesive story. And now, I mean, like I said, there's bits and pieces where it's like, okay, this doesn't make any sense really. Uh, but you know, the animation in this episode was good. Um, the story progression was good. Dialogue was the middle. Like, I, I just, that one, that's a, that one part just rubbed me the wrong way. And I just like, I don't, that don't make no sense. But uh, still, I mean, in conclusion, it was a good episode. Uh, it did uh, leave some info for us, the viewers, to be excited about. We got a screenshot at the very end that said that uh, there'll be a season two for Orient. So, um, you know, it, it left some things for us to be excited about. And, uh, I think I'm still going to, I think I'm still going to watch it. Uh, but you know, say I'm not, <laughs> I will go into a little bit more details about how my final grade for Orient next Saturday. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our next anime title. And that is the case study of Anita. So we have episode 22 called Blue Knight. And this episode, we kind of got to see flashbacks of um, Vanitas past through Mikhail, who is pretty much like the brother. They're not biological brothers, but rather they were both adopted by the um blue vampire and um the, the the story pretty much goes of hey Mikhail wants 
to f- learn why Vanitas killed their father, who was the blue vampire, and pretty much took them in and took care of them and, and trained them and to fight and stuff like that. And so he wants to collect information. And um, to do that, he uses no way who's a vampire that has the special ability of when he bites someone on their neck and consumes their blood, he's able to learn the, you know, their memories, you know, and, and even unconscious memories that they may have not be aware of. But in a spin on that is it also takes memories of like other people that they've seen as well. Not so much direct memories, but memories with that person. And so, Noe was able to kind of get some clues about why Vanitas killed um, their father, but he, you know, in order for him to know the full story, he still has to um, drink the blood of Vanitas. And uh, Mikael is saying, "Hey, I'm uh, Mikael. I'm probably saying that all wrong, but he's taking Noe hostage with the situation because he has um, Dominique, who is." like a sister, a lover. I mean, there's so many different things she could be to Noe, uh, but he has her on this very, very high, maybe hundred foot feet in the air. Um, uh, what not roll. I was at roller coaster, uh, Ferris wheel. And if, you know, Noe makes the wrong decision or the wrong move, Michael will, will send her plummeting from the sky to her death. And Noe, uh, you know, promise to protect her when, you know, when they were kids and will do pretty much anything for her. Like she's the X factor of he'll, you know, it, when it comes down to anything else it's fair game. But when it comes down to Dami, you know, he's going to do whatever he can to protect her at any cost. And so because of that, we get to uh, episode 23 where they end up end up breaking out in the fight but with uh, episode 22 the animation was good story progression was great oh my goodness just hearing that backstory from Mikael and 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 kind of the life that they lived when they were with the uh the blue vampire was really cool the dialogue was great as well i mean just a great episode um but you know we get to episode 23 was it's called tears like rain and oh my god like <laughs> Yo, this episode was so good, man, because I'm really into like theatrics and like scenes when it comes down to what what can you do to make the moment even more um, profound. And just like the title says, Tears Like Rain, you have Vanitez and Noe going at each other because Noe is going to try to bite uh, uh, Vanitez and try to uncover the truth of what happened to the blue vampire, their father, in order to kind of free Dominique from Mikhail's spell. And it starts pouring rain, just pouring rain down. And I mean, come on, let's just let's just be honest. When you watch a superhero film like Batman or something like that, and there's like rain scenes where they're fighting, why why is that always like? the coolest thing you know you see um someone drenched in rain you know and it's like sexy and hot and all these other things but it's cool and just edgy and i just i like it i love it i I love it and that tone that was said in this episode especially the pure emotions that was going between 
uh, Vanitas and Noe during their fight scene. It was it was just incredible. And so um, for that, the animation I have to say was the best. It was oh, just so good. The story progression was great. Dialogue was great. And so, yeah, I mean, in conclusion, I mean, it was a great episode. Next week is going to be the last episode for the case study of Anitez. And we'll be closing that out. And man, it's it's, it's so hard because <laughs> I'm just looking at the in the mirror and looking at season one compared to season two. And man, I would say it's kind of hard to kind of say like which season was better because man, my, my introduction to the case study of Anita's was such a good impression. Uh, but I think season two is running away with it. Like, man, it's, 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 this has been such a good ride and, and the character development with all the people that we got to see, um, you know, later has been good. And I feel like in, if there is a season three, which I'm sure there will be a season three, um, I, I feel that they're going to go even deeper and show us a little bit more on characters that we don't we've seen, but we don't know all that well. And I, I I'm hopeful for that type of character development because there's some really cool designs in some of the characters too. So, um, okay, so that is a case study of Benitez. We move on to our next anime, and believe it or not, this is our last anime. Uh, for episode review, and that is Are Fudeta from Commonplace to World's Strongest. We have episode 23 called God's Apostle. Apostle. I, you know, I, thought, I don't think that's how you say the word, but that's what we're going to go with. <laughs> uh, yeah, like this this episode, you have uh, Hajime who finally get gets in a position where he can fight this um I wouldn't call her a demigod but rather a, a messenger from a so-called god that that is um uh in some position and sent her out to battle and I, I the, you know Hajime finally is able to kind of go all out but <laughs> I got to admit like this apostle that he's fighting is giving Hajime the business. Like he's, she's making it very hard for him. And so he that had to kind of pull out a lot of the stops to, you know, kind of fend her off and uh, eventually, you know, defeat her once we get to uh, episode 24. Um, but, um, you know, the animation was, was great. Uh, the fight scenes, the way that he had his um, little, I don't know. He has these like projectile looking things that are like crosses that can follow the enemy, you know, where, where he wants them to go. It's, it's almost like a, a tracking device and it shoots and does all this stuff. And there was just some really nifty, cool things that was happening within the scenes. Uh, story progression was good. Uh, dialogue was good. And so in conclusion, it was a good episode. But then we get to episode 24 called Betrayal. And oh, man. Man, man, oh man, it, it's it's almost like um, you know, when you think about some of the movies where you have someone that's like a cold, like cold blooded, and they you know they're they don't care if you're in their way, they will obliterate you, and that's kind of what happened here, where you had um the guild that 
um, Hajime used to be a part of, you know, he gave them a warning in the past and said, hey, you know, be careful because everybody shit can't be trusted. And so he gave them a little bit of information like, hey, you have someone that's a, a, a liar, a, a, a betrayer, a, a traitor in your, your rankings. And so y'all might want to uncover that. But of course, them not really thinking too much about it. And I guess thinking they're this big, happy family. Uh, they pretty much dismiss what he would, you know, the warning that was given. And next thing you know, um, you know, they're, they're led to um, a kind of like a stadium area. And in, in this position, basically the people that's leading them there is being possessed through necromancy. So if you know anything about necromancy, it's, uh, the power to control the dead, basically. So these uh, people are being controlled by someone um, and that are seemingly like the friends of members of this guild. And so they're like kind of going along with the ride, but they realize as they're being um, coerced into this situation, oh, dang, like something doesn't really, something doesn't feel right. Something feels off. Like what, what can, what can we do about this situation? And by the time they realize it, it's too late. And then uh, it kind of like a, a flashbang goes off, blinds them, and people are just getting slain all over the place. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like bodies just dropping and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, Hajime's away, and he's d defeated this, you know, this apostle thing. So we don't know where he's at on the scene. Um, and as it's happening, you have um, Sh uh, Shizuza, Shizuza, Shizuya, I'm probably saying her name all wrong, who's kind of like the last one standing and she's trying to find out like why, like why are we being betrayed? And it turns out to be uh, one of the girls that was a part of the guild who was the betrayer and or the traitor, so to speak. And she was using her power of necromancy. She called this, um, the spell, um, uh, dang, I want to say it's, it's called like life binding or something something like that or whatnot and so it's it's almost like her lines of uh instead of like complete necromancy of controlling someone that's dead she leaves them in a state where they're almost dead so it leaves some of their ability to talk and connect with emotions and things like that and so i mean it was just really really crazy but i guess this I guess this girl had the, she really liked someone uh, who's kind of like, quote unquote, the hero of this group. And she knows that this person would never love her back and would, would reject her. So her way of taking him and taking power into her own hands was, hey, like, I can make you, I can use my power of necromancy and you'll be mine forever. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like i'm just be honest like you watch the season one in this this season and you could not see this coming and i, I i'll be honest with y'all i do not i don't like anime that like give us blind moments that you we could never really see happening it, it, you know there's no tips or anything like that like i, I don't really like that but you know it's fantasy you know and that's the one thing that you kind of got to keep in mind and keep in check when it comes down to anime or really anything that's entertainment us you know things get exaggerated and they're trying to find loopholes and stuff to to make the show entertaining but um for me 
when things like this come, happen, it's just out of place. And it just fits like, it feels like, like I was just trying to make a storyline happen. It is forced upon us. But, 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 there's a big but. This was still very entertaining of how it was happening because you want to know what's going to happen next. And um, what ends up, uh, as this uh, episode is progressing, you have Shioti who comes out and she's um, by class a healer and she uses her powers um, to kind of revive everybody on the field. And as she's doing that, next thing you know, she gets stabbed in the back, like right between the back, like in through her chest, I guess you could say. And just by her sheer willpower, whatever, she's still whispering a chant, even though she may die to try to revive herself and, and, and protect others. And <clears throat> eventually he kind of like, like, no, you're not going to do that. And he stabs her again. And like, she kind of faints in a sense. And, you know, uh, now the girl, she comes up and she's about to deal the, the last, the killing blow to Shioti. And then next thing you know, like a loud step, and it's Hajime on the scene. I was like, oh, did that intro though, that intro. Yeah, like he comes on the scene and he's like, what is going on here? And then he looks around the, the stadium at the battlefield and looks to his left, sees what's going on, like the, the people from his old guild and, you know, being surrounded. He looks to the right and then he sees uh, Shioti in this kind of like, a death-like state and he's pissed his eyes just kind of glow like just gloom out you can't see his eyes his face all you see is kind of like the bangs of his hair and you're like oh my goodness like you know it's it's on it's it's so on right now and he in the blink of eye he blinks and real with real speed he ends up like not like knocking the dude that stabbed shiori in the in the in the in the, in the back like off somewhere like far and like he hits the wall and coughs up blood and you know it's it's he's hurt bad and then i mean it was just like he was out for blood because you hurt someone that i love and that's his that's hajime's whole thing like i'm like i don't care about really anybody else but if you attack the people that i love i'm not going to show any mercy at all and so he goes to the girl that does all this necromancy and he she starts talking about hey like, you know i can um work this out with you like hey if you if you don't if you go and get any closer and you know just all these empty threats and before she could get off her full sentence all you hear is click click <laughs> he puts he puts the gun right to her and it's like i don't care about your feel he, he's like i don't care about your feelings who you wanted, what you wanted to do, anything like that. None of that matters to me. Even these people that you're going after, I don't care. But you go for the people that I love, I'm going to kill you. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> oh man. Like, man, Hajime is so cold with the game. Like, he's Man, this is another level. But um, animation was good. Story progression was good good but dialogue in this episode was the best it was so good because of the things that were being said to set the stage or whatnot and being discussed and though some parts of it could probably be cheesy and probably some people might say ah well the dialogue was good or it was great but it was i wouldn't say the best 
you gotta you gotta when you think about this whole anime as a whole and like how it led to this portion i just gotta say that it was the best because all of that momentum that led to this moment was tight now could it have been even more edgier and and more badass like yeah i think it could have been um but i'm okay with giving the dialogue that that tab because if you were watching this episode, I'm almost positive that you were glued to it because you were captivated and so locked in. And so, and, and to me, that's what dial, like great, like just amazing dialogue is. So, uh, yeah. So next week we have episode 25, which is the last episode for this season. So we have um, a total of what? Let's see, two, let's see, three, let's see, one. We have um, Arefureta. We have... Uh, stuck, uh, the case study of Vanitez and the Requiem of the Rose King, which we're going to close out next week. And we will also give our final grade on, you know, should you watch this and these animes or not? You know, I'm kind of sparing some people that haven't watched it the time. But if you have been watching it, you pretty much probably know where I'm going with it. Um, but if there's some people in the future that take time and to look at my overall review, you know, it may save them some time or they'll be able to look, watch some, some goodness. So, uh, okay. Well, that is the end of today's episode of BBP. Once again, if you're listening to us from our, you know, DSPs, wherever you get your BBP podcast from, we greatly appreciate you for listening in. And of course, like if, you know, in the future, if there was, um, we don't have a character analysis, but usually we do and some more visual information. And so if you uh, want to see more, you can always come to our YouTube, Facebook and Twitch page um, where you'll see my beautiful, handsome, just chocolatey goodness face <laughs> uh, and just having a good time. But that, hey, that is the end of this episode. Y'all have a uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend and we are out this day. Peace out. Hey. <laughs>